welcome to Shock 'em Dead Podcast, Episode 8. Today we're going to be talking about River's Edge, the 1986 movie starring TV's Keanu Reeves. At the time. And we're going to be talking about uh, some awful natural disasters that happened here in Kentucky the past few days. I'm sure everybody knows about it, but we were, you know, right near it. Yeah. Luckily, it didn't affect us, and it's terrible for anybody that did it. It did affect. Where we live, it just knocked down some trees and blew some garbage and debris around, but uh, just a few miles north of us, it wiped out a little community, and of course, west of us, it like annihilated a few towns and then south of us it uh, tore up Bowling Green which isn't that far from us either no but yeah we'll get we'll get to that and uh talk about it a little more after uh, I guess we talk about what we've been up to unless I cut you off no yeah you're good all right uh, what, what have we been up to I've been looking like Richmond from the IT crowd <laughs> Because I was like, who do I look like? I look like a, a bad embalming job or something. And he said, hey, you look like that guy from the IT crowd. And I was like, yeah, you ain't wrong. Don't you mean the it crowd? Oh, God. <laughs> We're not going there with that. But, uh, well, I beat, I thought I beat Dragon Quest Eleven, And I posted a story on Instagram and I was like, Man, I was kind of upset with that ending, but I'm going to start Dragon Quest Eight, which I did on the PS2 for a little bit, but then I saw Cody Kennard reply to my story, because we had been talking about Dragon Quest Eleven because he... Also he, known as K-Nizzle. Where? I don't know. <laughs> in, in your head? Yeah. All right. Mark that one down, Cody. <laughs> but, um... He he replied to my story, and he was like, you beat Kalasmos? And I was like, what? He was like, there's a whole, like, other game almost after you go through the main story. And I was like, what? what, what? So uh, I promptly stopped playing 8. Not that I didn't like it, but I loved 11. Like, that main story and up to where you beat the, the, the boss the first time. You know, the first main story. And... When you play, when you put like a hundred hours into the game, because at this point I'm at almost two hundred hours, because I'm about to actually wrap it up and beat the game. But I've been kind of doing everything I can. Like in in RPGs, I always get the most powerful weapon. But in this case, one of the recipe books for forging is in the goddamn casino. I do not like the casino. I don't. I would rather fight the hardest monster in the game than go to that damn casino. I tried. I was like, nope. Nope. I don't need it. So I've just been doing those trials at um, Angra-La. I don't like Grandmaster Pang. She's a, like, cynical and sarcastic for no reason and calls the luminary little boy. I'm like, yes, get. I don't like you. I don't like you. But, uh, yeah, I... I'm at level, like, 99 now, most of my party, almost all my party, and it's a lot easier to beat those trials, but, uh, yep, I'm, I'm on the, uh, 
the third trial in the thing you have to do for the story in order to get to Kalasmos. So I'm on the third one. I'm just getting wrapping everything up, going doing that third trial, and already getting the pregame sads because I know I'm going to be done. But at least I have eight to play. And like. <laughs> 2,000 other games that we own. Yeah, but I mean, you know when you play a game, like an RPG, and you put a bunch of hours into it, and it feels like you got friends? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I'm, I'm never going to see them again. I mean, you play the game again, but that's a long-ass game. It'll be a few years. I mean, I haven't played 8 in a few years, and I'd like to play that again. But um, Final Fantasy 8. Yeah, I just assumed... <laughs> You can't just say eight. Yeah. Uh yeah. Final Fantasy eight. But I I know there's a lot of there's a lot of RPGs to play, but it it's so good. Every part of the story just comes back together. And if I do say so myself, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but the second the second go around, like after you beat the first main boss, I guess. Hendrick is like super sassy to Salvando, and I'm like, where did this come from? What did he do to you? And Salvando's just like, <sighs> I'd have been like, screw you guys, I'm going home. But uh, yep, that's uh, I've been making a bunch of uh, Christmas candy, white chocolate suckers, as they call them here. Um, and most places, they're. They're like lollipops. I don't know. That's what I call them. Is that a Jersey thing? I don't fucking know. But uh, yeah, I've been making cookies and candy and chocolate turtle pretzel things with Rolos. It's Janine said the same thing. I was thinking I, every time I'd see that Rolo bag, I'd think of Rolo Tony Brown Town, the thing from Tim and Eric. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to make that jingle, but they're <laughs> really good. And I'm um, going to make those marshmallow things. I think I called them whizzles before. Whizzles? Yeah, because uh, some old lady uh, we used to work with, because I made bags of candy for, you know, people we worked with. And uh, so I like baking and cooking and all that shit. But um, it was the the lady that kind of looked like a bird, but wasn't bird lady. No, Kathy? Yeah. She was like... Uh, what do you call these? What do you call these? I was like, why does it have to be called something? Just eat it. And I was like, whizzles. I don't know. And she was like, whizzles? But I remember that, so I guess that's what they're Burr. called. <laughs> and then she proceeded to pick up the crumbs. But it, it's just butterscotch, peanut butter, marshmallows. It's awesome. And been making a bunch of other stuff. Made a sugar scrub that I put too much CBD in. So it's like, use coconut oil, brown sugar... And then, um, you know, an essential oil. And instead of that, I chose to put CBD in. And I, usually it says like two drops because, you know, you usually put it on, under your tongue or whatever. I was like, hmm, squirt, squirt. <laughs> and then I mixed it up with my hand and I was like, whoa, I feel pretty good. And then I was like, hey, can you absorb things like, through your skin? And Aaron's like, Yes. Yes. Why? It was like, I might have swish swashled around the, <laughs> the mixture I got in there. And he was like, Yep. 
Yeah, that that's how that works. And then uh, right after I had it on my hands and I washed it off and the residue was still kind of on there, the cat ran up to me and licked it twice. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then she just was like, <sighs> and sat in the same place for like an hour. It was great. She's usually she's tearing ass around the house, yelling her head off, playing with everything in existence, biting my hand when I'm trying to do an interview, you know, that sort of thing. What have you been up to? Nothing. <laughs> uh, well, that's it. That's the podcast. See you next time. <laughs> Donkey Kong. <laughs> Did anybody uh, stick around to hear the Donkey Kong thing at the end of the last podcast? It was funny. Yeah, you, know, you just comment. Just, just comment. Walnuts, peanuts. Pineapple smells. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have been working in the wood shop with my dad, selling old lady signs and biker signs and stuff. And uh, I started putting the clear coat on the base I'm building for old Scott. That looks really good. Looks awesome. He did a really good job on the binding. Scott, well, the whole thing. But Scott's gonna hate it. He's going to throw it in a fire and be like, you're a mistake. And he's going to point to Aaron. <laughs> uh, besides that, uh, uh, today I started refinishing uh, this dirty old Strat. So that's going to be my next fun project. Are you, are you going to say exactly what kind of Strat it is? Because it's uh, not very common, is it? <clears throat> not that rare. So. Why are they so expensive then? I don't know, because everyone wants, everybody likes them. It's like an old 80s. Does sport. it feel good? Like, if you if you <clears throat> clean up the frets and you polished them and you leveled them and, like, you know, cleaned off the neck like you were doing? Like, t t tell them what... I was going to. Oh, I'm sorry. There I go again. <laughs> Just steamrolling through my week. Staple my mouth shut and call me Bill. Bill? I don't know. Uh, it's a it's an old like late eighties uh plywood body squire strat, but someone like painted it with latex wall paint for some reason, this really ugly gray. I already knew this, but it just it disgusts me every time. Well it's black again now. I mean I scraped and sanded all that off but I'm going to have to paint it. Cause How many coats do you think they put on of that crap? Uh, not a whole lot. It sanded off pretty quick. But, they, uh, it was it was, it was good. <laughs> they were done. They were like... Well, it was covered and it had like hairs and uh, like brush bristles stuck in it. Brush bristle, bristles. Brush bristles. That's definitely how you paint a guitar. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not supposed to use a brush. You're supposed to spray it yeah that's why that's what i meant who fucking who was this person i don't know you got a hair on your nose that's my nose hair uh, it lives there the neck was like this uh, they, i guess they tried to age it and like make it look like it's been played and really old but it's <laughs> they like just put brown stain over the clear coat so the neck was all nasty and it looked like they used it to wipe their ass and then clear coated over it. But uh, I sanded all that off today, so it's all pretty and mapley again. I it didn't even look like the same neck. Sounds like I, I'm on some show. Didn't even look like the same neck. But the uh, 
the old 80s Squire logo had to go away, so it's gone. But you could do a stencil of that. Uh, I've got a Fender logo water cling from when I refinished that P-Base. It was like the extra one. So I'll be lying and saying it's a Fender, but it's not like I'm going to sell it. No, everybody knows. <laughs> you know I'm a phony. But besides that, uh, I started playing Final Fantasy twelve. What? I, I thought, like, the audio went out or something. No. Uh, I started playing Final Fantasy twelve. Uh, I Like, when it came out, I think it came out in, like, 2006, I think. A long time ago. It was, like, when I was in high school. A long, long time ago. Uh, I hated it. I played it for, like, 11 hours. But at the time, I was, like, skateboarding all day, and I'd come home and play RPGs, like, half asleep. So I'd, like, doze off. So that's probably some of the yeah, 11 hours. <laughs> the the beginning of that, I, didn't, I did not get far, but the beginning of that is heavy on the cutscenes. So you're probably, like, falling asleep during the cutscenes, and you're mm-hmm. like, come on, let's go. But uh, I actually like it now. I gave it a chance to go a little farther than I did before, and it's pretty good. The uh, voice acting, though, one of the one of the guys sounds like Daglas from Dark Place. Who is this Renwick customer? Uh, uh, Which one is that? Is that Bosch that sounds like that? No, it's in Baltier, oh. or however you say it. Uh, I'd say I'm probably... Oh, watch that light bulb. I don't know, I am. Okay. Probably halfway through, I'm not sure. Oh, really? I think, I don't huh. know, I don't know how long it is. Uh, what else have I done? We watched River's Edge. Yeah, we watched, uh... Like, we'd seen it before, but we watched it just to... Yeah, I, I've seen the video. I watched it without him, and he's like, you watched it without me? Yeah, like, we, oh. we both love that movie, and she watched it without me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we were going to go watch Resident oh, Evil. Oh, yeah, that's... Okay, yeah. But, that's what I was thinking of, and I forgot. Uh, but I guess we'll have to do that next weekend. Yeah, because of the tornado. Because a lot of the power went out in the town that we were going to go see the movie in, and the weather was not great uh, yesterday either. Because that's when we were going to go see it, right? Yeah, well, it was windy. The weather was fine. I... Personally, I still wouldn't have. Well, they didn't have power at the theater. Oh yeah, that would have been work. a. Uh... Uh, the town Hartford, where the theater we go to is, uh, got like the north side of it got hit by one of the tornadoes and wiped out their power for a big chunk of that county. It's like the next county over from us, and a few people. You know, Lost their houses. I don't think anyone died in Hartford, so I think that's good. But this was that was the biggest tornado, the main one. Uh, apparently, it's like one of the biggest ones in American history. Yeah, on the news broadcast you were watching earlier, or the uh, the video of one was saying it was just the biggest tornado in their history. That thing was... It went like 219 miles. Was that the one that you saw? Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't want to go outside the house. Yeah. I didn't want to think about it. 
It was close enough to us that I could see it from our front porch. That which, was scary. Which we live on a hill and you can see for miles off in the distance. Yeah, but still, that was like he showed me a video because, like I said, I was just trying to stay busy because what are you going to do if that comes through besides going to your crawl space or your basement or whatever you have that would be safe? And it would just, you know, drive me nuts to think about it. So I was, I think I was folding laundry or changing the sheets or something. Or I was riding an exercise bike and taking a shower. He decided to take a shower <laughs> right as it got bad. And I was thinking, like, if I have to run down there and I have to yank his ass out of the shower naked, I guess that's what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> but the... I didn't get electrocuted and we didn't get blown away. But uh, I think the the governor said there's probably about a hundred deaths from the tor- like all the tornadoes. I I thought there was more than that. That's terrible. I'm glad there wasn't more. But that candle factory in Mayfield, Kentucky, because that the city of Mayfield got annihilated. It's it's unreal. And the town Dawson Springs, which is. Like halfway between us and Mayfield, they got destroyed too. The path of the tornado, and I'm not saying this like, oh, I don't know how to put it. I don't mean to say like, what I mean is that we're lucky that it did not come through here. But I feel awful for anybody that had it come through because I don't even know. I would have been so scared if something actually happened because. Like I said, what can you do? I don't even know what to expect with that. Like, would you get hit with debris? Would you get thrown? I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's been tornadoes that have come through here like when I was a kid and stuff. But I don't, there wasn't really any major damage. I and think, we've seen... I'm sorry. You go ahead. I was going to say, we've seen, you know, tornadoes from the house before, but they were... It was like nothing. That tornado, I, he had, he took a video of it. It looked like, I, I'm not even trying to be funny. It looked like something from a video game. It was ridiculous. That's the only thing of mass proportion that I could think of. It almost looked, it looked unreal. It was huge. I mean, it wiped out the entire town, like in one swoop. Because that was the one that went for over 200 miles, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that hit Bowling Green wasn't nearly as big, but it still did a lot of damage. Like, it went like into town and followed the bypass, and, like, it uh, messed up some of the Corvette factory and the Corvette racetrack, uh, took out a lot of businesses. And then after the fact, when everyone was, you know, you know helping everyone get... You know, out of the destroyed houses and buildings, people started looting. Of course. How could you do that at a time like that? Yeah, you have to be a piece of shit. They were going into the businesses that had all their windows busted out and the roofs blown off and getting whatever they could get. It's like, you know what? That's why the, the world is in the state that it's in. It's no... I'm not getting political. It's no politician. It's no God. It's... Everybody, it's everybody acting like that. A spe- that 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 just shows when there's crisis, there's assholes. 
And you definitely see it when there's crisis because they don't think about anybody but themselves and they do terrible stuff like that and make it worse for everybody. Because I'm sure some of those businesses were small businesses Mm -hmm. who took a huge hit actually from this and they're going to not be able to financially recover. They're not going to have their supplies that were looted. They're not going to be able to continue with their business because there's no way if you're a small business, especially with COVID going on. That she could continue, and then you got that shit, too. Human beings disgust me, and I hate it. Well, not all of them, but, I mean, just, there's there's too many cases of this shit. A tornado, and you loot. Yeah, especially the ones that the tornado didn't affect them, and they're going down where it did get destroyed, and they're stealing stuff. Scum. Scum. They should they should just be gone. Gone. They have no use existing. But you know what? Yeah. I I could go on a long time about how people are absolute garbage, but you know what? I hope that everybody that is affected by this and any anybody that knows anybody that's affected by this will help however they can. I'll look into it. We don't have much money, but you know what? I'll look well. into it. Well, our uh, our friend Nick from Bahargum, uh, our bass player Scott's other band, he's putting together a compilation of a bunch of Kentucky bands, and he asked if we wanted to put one of our songs in there, so I sent him our music. I told him just pick whichever one he wanted, and uh, didn't know about that. I was, he it was when you were in the living room. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, Not that I would have been mad. I just was like, I figured you said something. That's, I guess the, you continue. Yeah, he's going to put that all together and like all the money that it makes is going to go towards a tornado relief fund. That's great. And if anybody, I'm not sure which relief funds there are, but you know, if you'd like to help, you know, look into that. Like I said, we weren't affected by it. I just was scared and that's the best possible scenario with a tornado being that close yeah we got a few branches in the yard and it blew our trash can i think like across the yard because i picked it up the other one like saturday there had the wind had to have been terrible because when i um thought i had to run to safety was when i it sounded like you know in movies when there's like a you know a an explosion in a house or something and the windows explode that's what it sounded like was going to happen because it it sounded terrible and the cat was really scared i felt bad it it's just no good and i can't imagine having being in the path of that tornado but like i said if he could if he'd like to donate to a relief fund and, cool. and uh whenever the uh tornado relief compilation comes out uh, i'll put it in like in the description and it'll be on our facebook page and uh the the band blood curse facebook page yeah uh, that that's that's pretty cool that we're we're on something that goes towards that it'll be like Bahargum and fornicus and the black knife and a few other bands pretty good pretty good stuff it's good good cause good bands We'll all be helping everyone who's lost their homes, their all their stuff. 
Yeah, like that. One guy I know, yeah, his name's Rob, and he lives outside of Mayfield, like the where most of the damage happened. Like his, he said that he was in his house. He he made a joke that morning on Facebook saying uh, he doesn't rake his leaves; he lets a tornado blow him away. And then the tornado hit his house. Because, like, uh, on the news, you know, it said there's possibility for tornadoes, but it was low. And then the worst tornado in American history, you know, conjured up and blew across there. And it, he said it just peeled the roof right off his house. And then everything else got soaked because it was like a downpour after the tornado went through. That's terrible. But uh, I think... He says his house is, you know, there's no fixing it, but uh, a lot of his neighbors came and put tarps over the roof, so at least, you know, it's not just getting, you know, full of rain. and. Yeah, you don't want more damage done. Yeah. But that's that's what I like to hear. Well, not that, you know, the, the roof getting blown up, but people helping each other in this time. Mm-hmm. Not looting. Yeah. Go like, to hell. Yeah, like a... Uh, in our county where it did hit like up the road here in Rough River, uh, did you see where our friend Lindsay, uh, like, this is like some of her family's house got messed up and then oh, yeah. the whole community came together and helped clean it up today? I mean, that's always you know, nice to see. Yeah. And I meant like... I meant it's trash to loot when a tornado happens. Or any nat- natural disaster. Yeah. Like yeah. Hurricanes. Like there's always looting after a hurricane, it seems like. There's just a percentage of the population that doesn't need to exist, and that's it. That's the two. I mean, and the people that come together, that's, that's the part of humanity that doesn't suck. But I, I'm... Is Lindsay Lindsay's family's okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm glad of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it hurt their house too bad. It's just, uh, just uh, they had a whole bunch of metal from like some outbuildings and uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like a big barn, like where it's like a, where you can store your boat. Like for people that don't live here, they need to store their boat for the river. Yeah, uh, one of those got blown away and it looked like a blew some boats down the street well you know what not to discount any of this or you know i mean it's terrible and i hope everybody recovers all right but i didn't want to have to keep talking about it yeah so let's talk about something good like river's edge yeah those (laughs) big juxtaposition (laughs) But uh, when when do you think it was uh, when we first saw that? Uh, we first saw it. Uh, I saw someone post the soundtrack on. Yeah, I remember something. you tell me tell me about the soundtrack, and I was like, "What? It was in a movie?" Even though most of the songs. Oh yeah, I remember. It was that uh, Irish guy I'm friends with? He posted the soundtrack. And I was like, I was like, what movie has 
Fates like, Warning, uh, Slayer, The Wipers, uh, Agent Eve. Orange. Yeah. It's like, I need to see that movie. I Hallow's have... Eve was the one that we were both like, what? Yeah. I didn't know who The Wipers were before this movie, and uh, I love The Wipers. I knew who Agent Orange was. Even though like, we haven't heard, like, I don't know where it is in the movie. Like what the, Agent Orange? No, the Wipers. I don't. I I didn't hear Agent Orange or the Wipers because you know when Agent Orange is on and you know when the Wipers were on. All I hear, all I heard was Slayer's Slayer, Hollow's Eve, and um, Fate's Warning. Warning. I mean, I'm sure they're in there somewhere. It's in the credits and on the soundtrack. So I I swear I didn't hear it because they just wanted them for the soundtrack. <laughs> maybe maybe because wasn't Keanu Reeves into that stuff? Mm-hmm. Or I guess he still is. Yeah, he probably still is. <laughs> Him in the Game Awards, like, <laughs> moving. I was like, is that really, is that really what you do? <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, this movie came out in 1986, and it's yeah. like Keanu Reeves' third real movie. I thought it was his first real role. Well, he was in a short film and then two smaller movies in this. This is his first I guess movie that you know did okay for him, even though it was a really low budget indie movie, sort of. I mean, low budget is still a million dollar budget, but what was that? Uh, what was Crispin Glover in before that? Uh, some crappy movie called Back to the Future. He was in Back to the Future before that. Yeah, it was nineteen eighty five. I guess him having his hair slicked back and dressed like that made him look a little bit older, didn't it? Yeah. Well, they had that, and they made him look older because he's the dad. And he's not saying, Matt! Matt! They fucking killed him! This picture is rated R. <laughs> this picture of us is rated R. Don't look. It's because I look like Richmond from the IT crowd. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they have uh, Dennis Hopper in that movie as Feck. And every time Crispin Glover, or um, Lane, his character Lane... Says feck, it just sounds like he's going feck, feck. Or it sounds like he's saying feck. Well, I was gonna say a homophobic slur. Oh, sounds like he's yelling fag. It's like, <laughs> cool, it. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people in it that went on to do other stuff besides Keanu and Crispin Glover, like including the director. Uh, I won Sky E. I won Sky E. I the reason I knew who she was was because uh, she is the naked lady on the cover of the Red Hot Chili Peppers album Mother's Milk. Which I think is right behind you. What? It's like right here. Well, you talk. I'm gonna find it. Uh, let's see. Oh. Uh, Joshua John Miller, which is uh, it's a very good album. I, I I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They're old stuff. And uh, this was that's that's Ioni Sky on the on the cover because she was Anthony Kiedis' girlfriend for a while, and he he got her hooked on drugs, not phonics, not the good not the good stuff. Hooked on muzzy. <laughs> Uh, Joshua John Miller, who played Tim in the movie, uh, Keanu Reeves' character's little brother, uh, he went on to do... Uh, uh, the Final Girls? Yeah, The Final Girls, which we thought was okay. It's like a 
sort of small budget horror movie from a few years ago. Yeah, it was decent. She looks totally different. Yeah. I'm not... I mean, Which, I mean, it is a black and white picture, and her eyes are closed, her mouth shut. Not really, her mouth... The whole movie, she's just like... <laughs> what? Like, how do you talk like that? Like, how are you like... So they just kill her, and you're gonna... If you don't know who Ioni Sky is, and you don't know what Mother's Milk is, she is the uh, girl that Rob Lowe was banging in Wayne's World. Yeah, in the beginning. Oh, when... Wayne's World! I don't, she didn't say it like that, did she? <laughs> uh, what was his name? Uh, Daniel Roebuck, who played Samson in the movie, he went on to be in Matlock. And a whole bunch of Rob Zombie movies. And he's going to be uh, Grandpa Munster in the new Munsters movie that everyone's so excited about. <laughs> and uh, see who else was in it? Dennis Hopper. I don't know. I don't think he's going to do anything. I don't think Keanu Reeves is going to go on to do much either. No. Yeah. That's what I... Every time I think of that movie, I think of... Uh, him just saying, they fucking killed him! But you know what? I mean, we're not going to go through play-by-play play with the whole movie. We're just going to talk about the main points. Because I think... I I don't really like doing that, and we did it before. Just watch the movie. But, um... When Crispin Glover finds, or Lane finds, a dead body... It's very realistic. I was like, did this dude actually see a dead body before? Like, the way he cries and screams. Uh, he he might have been over the top and, you know, crazy, but you remember it. Mm-hmm. And he did a good job. And his Beatles cool. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. They used two different Beatles, by the way. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, one. But, like one's a normal Baja Beetle and the other one's got like a different like a fiberglass front end on it, I think. And one has uh, lights on the roof and the other one doesn't. Did you know? No. That I played drums now. <laughs> Alright, Jason. Uh they said that or I already knew this and I actually looked into the um the case, because this movie... Oh, uh, it's loosely based on a real case? Yeah. It says, although it is a work of fiction, the movie was inspired by the murder of Marcy Conrad, who was killed by her boyfriend, Anthony... Jack... Jacques. Jacques Brassard in... Man, this is making an idiot of me. Mil- Milpitas? Milpitas, California in 1981. Because, you uh, know, it, it, the movie starts out with the... Well, uh, he he killed her, and then he went to school, or, or he went somewhere and he was bragging about it to like 13 people before... And it was two days oh, before Oh, yeah, this anyone, is the actual case you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It went... Two days before anyone decided to like turn him in. Yeah. Like, really? Well, I mean, they were in high school. Well, I don't. I don't know if he was in high school. Maybe there might not have been a, a group of close friends, and I mean that's still odd. I'm not sticking up for the dude, but like, I'm still holding this record. 
uh, the guy that wrote it, uh, I think he was in film school at the time when that happened, and he heard the story, and then he uh, inspired him to write River's Edge. Yeah, I think so. But, uh, uh, there's another case that was really close. It was like a, uh, two boys, and it was like they were best friends or something like that, and apparently the case is pretty similar to River's Edge. Hmm. But that's uh, that's that's crazy that anything like that could actually happen because I think the reason that I like this so much is because it's really on the darker side of things because it's like a teen movie, but it's like the most morbid teen movie you could think of. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it almost seems like a parallel universe where it should have been, you know, them getting stoned in high school, going on adventures, but then... One dude just cracks and strangles his girlfriend for no reason and goes crazy. And then the rest of the friends have to decide what to do. And it's like a major moral dilemma for people who haven't even fully developed in the brain yet. Because they're, you know, in the movie, they're in high school. When in reality, they're like 20. Or no, Ione Sky was like 16. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I thought was weird because uh, her and Keanu had to, like, pretend to bang. And he's 22 and Chris Glover's 22. Yeah. So- I didn't see how old the guy that played Samson was. He looked like he was like 25, maybe. A little bit older. Maybe it's because he's stockier. I don't know. But the fact that they're all... They all have different but similar reactions to the death of their friend. Because most of the movie is set around their own feelings towards death, I feel like. And it's not so much that that person died and they were close to him. Because they even said, you know, I can't... I don't know why I can't cry uh, for Jamie. Jamie's her name, right? Because mm-hmm. Jamie was the girlfriend that got strangled by... Uh, Samson. Samson. John. John! Stay in that... The, the, that thing he does when he's in Feck's house, when he when uh, Lane's trying to hide John, and he's like, just stay in the house and don't show your face. It's like... <laughs> what are you on? Just are you Chris? I think he's just Crispin Glover. Maybe he sniffed too much rat dookie or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, Maybe, uh, Steven Spielberg gave him a bunch of coke, and he was still using his supply. Seriously? <laughs> no, oh, I wouldn't I said, be that Maybe. surprised. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, the um, the fact that it definitely seems like Lane. Like, there's something else bothering him. Like, I feel like he just is afraid that the friendship is going to go down the drain and he wants to be part of a group and he wants to be the leader of the group because that's basically what he is and what he says goes and he doesn't want that to go away. So he's trying to keep everything together and keep John safe. And uh, It slowly drives him more and more crazy. Yeah. And then uh, Keanu's character... uh, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say. I, I said he said his name like a million times. Take a shot every time. Uh, Lane says meow. But uh, <laughs> it's great. It's it's fun to say. But uh, yeah, because Matt Matt definitely has a dilemma, and it seems like he's he's thinking it through more. And you know when Lane first sees the body of the girl, he's just kind of like. Well, we got we got to get rid of her. We got to protect well, John. At first, he thinks they're joking. He like, pokes her with a stick. 
Mm. And then he's kind of in shock. But then he's like, well, we got a barrier. And, and uh, Matt's like, I'm getting out of here. And then Matt ends up, uh, you know, reporting him. And then they're, they think that he he did the murder. And it it's just like everybody's on their own path. And they kind of converge at one point. Because it's it's... I feel like it's split up into John Feck, which is their dealer, which is this Dennis Hopper crazy guy who... Uh, who is married to a blow-up doll. Who killed his girlfriend. But mm-hmm. he did it because he loved her. Go on. Oh, okay. <laughs> you said you were explaining and then you stopped. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, the reason that John is staying with him is because they're like, well, you killed somebody and he killed somebody. So you protect him. Well, no, you were saying that they were in groups. Yeah. So it was, uh, John Feck and Lane and Lane was trying to keep everything together. And he was trying to keep everybody on John's side so that he could remain the leader and the group could still exist. And the, uh, the two kids that were minor characters who were their friends at school are just kind of there. And they have, I play guitar. (laughs) That dude. The, the, the report at the end where they're like, so you knew the killer and the victim? And he's like, yeah, I also play guitar. I was like, hoof. <laughs> Did, was that in the script or was he just like, wee, wee, wee? yeah. Well, he wanted, you know, a band to pick him up. Like, he, he was hoping for some phone calls after that. Like, hey, man, we need a guitar player, man. <laughs> what did you say, really? With your weird face and your giant chin and your small <laughs> mouth? <laughs> Yeah, you're exactly, you got the look we're looking for, man. You got that giant chin and that small mouth and that weird-shaped head. <laughs> and your your hair looks like you're one of the carpenters. <laughs> yeah, but a little bit too much care in carpenter, not, not, the, other, not the other guy. <laughs> and the guy's on the phone just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> See, you can come on down to auditions, man. I heard him nod. He's coming. Matt! 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 Sometimes it's not even comprehensible what that boy says. <laughs> She's yelling in the car. I don't know why, but I, I, I always like the part where uh, he goes like that. And uh, Matt's like, what's that for? Feck doesn't charge. He was like, but I do. Do you think this thing runs on God's own methane? Or whatever the hell he said. I don't know. I thought it was funny. And then the other group was uh, Miat and... Clarissa. They... Oh, yeah. I was like, I won. I can't remember her character's name. Clarissa. Yeah, but they they have a love thing going on, I guess. That or getting and, high in the park and banging. That and uh, since he turned in John slash Samson, like, she thought it was a good idea. And yeah, it seemed like they were on similar uh, thought paths because they both felt odd because they they knew Jamie and they were friends with her, but they didn't know how to feel because they didn't. So much was going on, you know. Their one friend was a killer. The other friend was killed. They didn't know whether to turn him in, and, you know, Matt ended up doing it, and he felt like a traitor, kind of, but, you know, what else are you going to do? And then Lane finds out, and uh, throughout all this, it's it's basically, besides, you know, the murder being the center of the plot, the side plot is that 
Matt and his little brother Tim live in a broken uh, family. So, like the the director had done a movie before that called Tex, where it was kind of like that. I didn't I didn't watch it, but I read about it because I was looking up what the director did. But uh, Tex was about uh, two brothers whose uh, mom passed away and then her dad passed away, and then they try and make it on their own. But this movie in River's Edge, Matt and Tim's mom is with this shithead guy, and she's not a very good mom. Jim. Yeah. And he, Jim is an asshole, and he just sits around and eats and, you know, mouths off and tells her she's a horrible mom, and she kind of is. She doesn't really, you know, put forth an effort to know where her kids are, because the one Tim, the younger brother, way younger, like 12, is a delinquent, and he tries to smoke pot and be cool, and, you know, um, he thought it'd be cool to get his little sister's doll and throw it off a bridge and she was really sad and she had a funeral for it and Matt went to it and then Tim like crushed the gravestone for the the yeah she made a gravestone with a stick and a paper plate yeah and then uh, he ripped up the paper plate and Matt was already upset because all this stuff was going on and his friend you know murdered and his other friend got murdered and you know, he's having this moral dilemma, and then his little brother's being a little piece of shit. So he finds his brother, and he's like, why did you do that? Why did you have to kill her again? Tell me why. And he's, like, punching the kid, and then the kid gets, like, super butt hurt, and he's like, get your nunchucks and your dad's car. No one stops these children in a car. Yeah, they, they stop st- feck at the stoplight. Yeah. And they, st- they, they st- Two 12-year-olds stealing their dad's car. And didn't the dad notice his car was gone? Yeah, were, for real. It was like two days. Yeah. And they were wearing, uh, he was wearing the same dirty old pyromania shirt <laughs> the whole time. But the kids go to Feck's house because they saw Feck's house because they had followed Matt and Lane before. And they were like, I knew where we could get a gun because Feck would open the door and say, checks in the mail or some shit. And have the gun every time. So they saw the gun and they were like, well, I'm going to get that gun and I'm going to well, I'm gonna go home and shoot my brother. So, Tim gets the gun, and he... Well, he, like, beats the crap out of Feck. Yeah, and then they smoke his weed and yeah. fall asleep, and the next day they get up, get back in the car. Well, here we go, two 12-year-olds in this giant-ass car. I mean, like, that's like having two... Uh, here's here's uh, Jim's favorite sound effect. It's like... <laughs> and two, two little kids in this giant boat. It's like, how do you not see that driving down the road? It's like, oh, two infants driving a car. Have a good day. (laughs) But they go and get the gun. And by the time that um, Feck and John have been through all this stuff where John keeps wanting to leave the house and Feck's like, no, you got to stay here. And then they ended up going to the lake where, um, or the river's edge, where, you know, John wasted his girlfriend. And they were talking about it and... Feck, the guy whose girlfriend is a blow-up doll, and he killed his own girlfriend, thinks that John's crazy, because he is. Like, mm-hmm. he just he just wants to kill and be in control. And um, John ends up dead, because Feck kills him. And the next day, when Lane is woken up by the police, because he fell asleep at a red light in his beetle... You know, trying to keep this all together, trying to cover up for John. 
It's too much. He fell asleep, and the police got him, brought him in for questioning, and then he got out, and then he went and was trying to see who told, because everybody was down at the river, and Lane was like, where's John? And then, you know, Matt's like, why do you even care? He doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about any of us. He doesn't care about himself. He's an asshole. And Lane's like, he's not an asshole, Matt. And... You know, they go back and forth, and then Lane's like, I'm going to go find him. He finds him, but he's dead. And at that point, when they're all going to see what... Spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh-oh. You know what? It's it's not like... Anyway. Yep. Oh, sorry. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Post... Spoiler. Anyway, who cares? Spoiler warning in five, four, three, two, ten five, minutes ago. <laughs> four, <laughs> one. But he finds him. Elaine finds him, and as Matt's going to see what's going on, Tim, his little brother, comes up behind him, and he's like, "You're gonna pay for what you did. You turn around, and look at me holding this gun." And then Matt's like, I'm your brother. Put the gun down. I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm just going through a lot. And then the, the kid realizes that he's, you know, going to kill his brother and puts the gun down. And uh, that wraps up the, the brotherly bond there. But they end up having an open casket funeral for... They didn't show John's funeral. Mm-hmm. That wasn't mentioned. But I guess the main... The main thing in the story is the death of Jamie of Jamie, and what these kids think of death and how they handle it and how they handle knowing that it was somebody they knew, but they didn't know how to feel and that there's just so many elements. And to think of the director thinking of the actual case in well, this the, way, the writer, yeah, yeah, the writer thinking of the case in this way, uh, it adds a lot to it because if you do think of you know, if the kid was in high school, then you'd think like, wow, he probably did have a group of friends. And then that's that's probably how he put it together. And it's it's pretty realistic because in high school, you know, what would you have thought? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're friends with the dude who killed somebody. It's just yeah. weird. And you don't get a whole lot of. You know, like, you know, like you don't get much out of Samson or John, whatever you want to call him. So I guess it's kind of like. Like he's the killer, so like the plot's not really based on him. It's just based on the friends. He seems kind of catatonic to a point where it's like he's so crazy that he's not even. It, he's just vacant, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the worst kind of crazy is when they don't say anything, and then all of a sudden, for no reason, he just choked her to death because he felt like it. Yeah. But the uh, the soundtrack. Very good. Tell you what, I made a playlist. If you're interested, it's a uh, public. I made it a while ago. It was a few years ago. Um, on Thrash Dance Fanzine, my YouTube channel. I don't do Thrash Dance anymore. I don't put any videos on that channel. But um, if you look on my playlists, there's a River's Edge playlist. You got Agent Orange. You got the Wipers. You know what I felt like would have been awesome? T S O L. Anything off Revenge. 
That would have been uh, even revenge. That would have fit perfectly. The We were talking about how the music was kind of odd. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, what, I already forgot who it was. Yeah, it's like something it was something from the 60s, I think. But yeah, it just didn't fit. It was like kind of happy sounding at the end. And then some of the scores are weird. Yeah. Like the scores are like <laughs> instead of sounding sad, and it's like it's got these like violins in the background and are like sad, and it's like, <laughs> it's like you know oh. what, you know what song definitely would have fit would have been um. Well, don't pull up. The no, song. no, I'm I'm trying to. I just want to see the title <laughs> of it, but it's off the Agent Orange album. If you know what this isn't, this isn't loading, but it's a. Uh, let's see. All right, yeah, yeah. I I looked up the song and it was the Wipers. It was not TSOL, but TSOL definitely would fit. It was um, uh, nothing left to lose. That would have been great for like you know just a, a pan of a sad scene or you know just them being indecisive about what to do or something, but uh. Yeah, I didn't hear Fire in the Rain by Agent Orange at all in in that movie. I'm sure it's in there somewhere, probably like playing at the grocery store or something. <laughs> Man, if I heard that at the grocery store, I'd shit my pants. Or at the... Uh, Not shit my pants. Convenience store or whatever at the beginning. Yeah, but the uh, soundtrack I have on YouTube, like I said, is public. But, uh... I think I added a song. I added nothing left to lose because I thought that was on the soundtrack because what's listed on the soundtrack is Let Me Know, which seems kind of fitting, but not as fitting as Nothing Left to Lose. I mean, come on, the title itself is a good fit. But that that album, the Wipers album, uh, Land of the Lost, is really good too. And that makes me think of River's Edge every time I hear it or... um. Uh, I don't know why TSOL, anything off Revenge, makes me think of uh, River's Edge. It's just like you could feel what the teenagers felt kind of through their performance because that, that was a lot of their their uh, big breaks, I guess. I don't know if you'd call it that, but it was one of the first movies they were in besides Crispin Glover because obviously he was in a major blockbuster hit. And, uh, and that old guy that played uh feck dennis hopper how did they get him uh they were gonna cast john lithgow which would have been terrible lord farquaad himself uh he didn't want it so then they were gonna give it to uh ah, crap no i can't think of, uh harry dean stanton Harry, Harry dean stanton said i want you to give it to my buddy dennis hopper and then they showed it to him and he was like yeah, sure. And I, I think he's perfect because he's like really good at being a crazy person. And he's really good at being Bowser. <laughs> wow, I forgot about that. And uh, Keanu Reeves walked in the door and, there, and the casting director was like, that's my guy. It's like he didn't even get all the way in the room. And she's like, that's him. And then he was like, whoa. Whoa. No, I'm not making fun of Keanu Reeves. And uh, he did a good job in that movie. I won Sky E was uh, 
like her brother auditioned for one of the parts like he just sent in a picture and uh, the casting director saw her in the background of the picture and then called up the brother and was like can you ha- have your sister come how much must that have sucked <laughs> to answer the phone and be like oh hello yeah is your sister there huh <laughs> And she didn't even want to be an actress, apparently. And then, and then he got his his little bindle and put it over his shoulder and was like, "Have a nice life," and just left. And Crispin Glover apparently came in wearing this crazy wig and like putting on this crazy persona for the character, and uh, they were like, "Okay." <laughs> Thank you, here, Billy. Please leave. They were like really confused, but they're like, oh, we, "We trust you." I mean, the dude was in Back to the Future, so I'd I'd, I'd just be like, "Okay." Yeah, so and it worked out, and he's he's a good crazy. He really did look like a teenager, though. Like he pulled he pulled that off. Like, maybe mm-hmm. it was his clothes. And he was like really lanky. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And, uh, Why was Matt's shirt tie-dyed? Like, did they tell him to? Or no, I mean, the tie-dyed shirts were popular in the eighties. Yeah, he he's he's a plain shirt kind of man, anyway. Yeah, I mean, not like like everybody else was wearing band shirts. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, but he he likes. Did, didn't you say one of his favorite bands is Discharge? Yeah, that's what uh, I read in an interview with him from years ago. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And he was in Point Break mm-hmm. with Anthony Kiedis, who went out with it, Ioni Sky. I don't know. Point Break's an awesome movie. Get me to Utah. <laughs> Gary Busey uh, films. Our, our Busey episode's coming at some point. Oh, I'm excited about that, too. I'm also excited for Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal. And uh, Leonard Nimoy. And Sidney Poitier, or however you say his name. (laughs) And uh, Robert Smith's cameo in South Park. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was season one because we've been watching <laughs> South Park. That sh- I don't know how that show has been on so long, and it has never faltered. I'm it's sure, always funny. I'm well, the, like when they were doing all that Snooky stuff, that was kind of oh yeah. But I just wish she didn't exist. So and when Randy was that one pop star lord or whatever <laughs> that was just still funny though <laughs> it it never was like oh guys what are you doing it was just like certain pop culture things that we both didn't like yeah especially snooky <laughs> when i moved here do you know snooky if i did she'd be dead that's what i'd always <laughs> say and they'd be like ah oh, oh but that's snooky that's my favorite person in the whole world if that's your favorite person in the whole world, go live on the sun. <laughs> Be gone. But back to River's Edge. Yeah. Uh, the, the girl that played Jamie. Uh, Jamie. She got her part because she was sitting in the lobby waiting for her friend to finish. With her crack pinkies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> her her friend was auditioning and she was sitting there waiting for her to get done. And the woman walked out and saw her and was like, you'd be perfect. <laughs> Her friend was in there trying to pinch off a turd or something like, come on, come on. 
While she's doing an audition? Oh, while she was doing an audition? Yeah, she wasn't in the bathroom. Damn. Oh, I thought she was like waiting for her. Like, come on, Becky, get out of the bathroom. <laughs> I got doo-doo speckles on the mirror. Please don't hold it against me. And uh, the guy that played John Sampson, uh, uh, he walked in with his hair all greased back with, uh, what was it, KY jelly, they said. And he had two beers in his pocket. Why would he have that on him? I don't know. I mean, people used to slick their hair back with that stuff for whatever reason. Oh, what? <laughs> put it on your butt. Put it on your junk. Put it on your hair. Put it on your kid. I don't fucking care. Buy it. Put it up your butt. I guess you could. <laughs> I don't know. But he, he walked in. And he, yeah, they're like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. At that point, it was a frail old man doing the auditions. <laughs> you ought to come up here, sunny my eyes, and what did he used to be? Uh, when they were making it, uh, they were having some trouble because the first, or they were going to film in L.A. and they couldn't find a place that looked good. So then they were like, well, let's try San Francisco. or Yeah, I think it's San Francisco. And, uh, they found a spot next to the river that had a lot of trees and stuff, and they thought it was perfect. And then uh, a storm hit, and it flooded. Wow. So then they had to go back to L.A., and they found a spot next to a bunch of old uh, tuberculosis sanatoriums. Wow. So, yeah, you told me that earlier. That's going to be weird. <laughs> so, How many... Why were there sanatoriums built for tuberculosis? And why was the cure fresh air? I don't know. That was why that place was so open because it was supposed to be for fresh air for the tuberculosis people. But after, you know, those all closed, you know, they started building houses there. Apparently it was a shithole. Wow, that's... mm. I'd like to go there someday, though. I mean, I want to go to California anyway because I've always wanted to go to California. But California knows how to party. What song is that? <laughs> Out of all the songs with California in it, like California Uber Alice or anything, what what was that you just sang? Tupac. <laughs> all eyes on me. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> well. If you have not seen River's Edge and you just Press listen two. and you just listen to us explain everything and, and spoil spoilers, that's me. Then uh, uh, rewind your brain before you heard all this and you go watch it. Even if you know I did spoil, which I'm sorry, it's still worth a watch for just the performances of these inexperienced actors for the most part. You know, giving a really convincing uh, rendition of what it would. You know, the scenario would be like if, you know, that actually happened or maybe what could have happened in that case that it was loosely based on. And, you know, circumstances and the the filming and, you know, just everything. The soundtrack's great. And the cover looks like a, like an album cover. Yeah. Which I guess that was on purpose, though. It's like a Ramones album with a dead girl on top. The, the, uh, yeah, pretty much. 
But the performance of Crispin Glover is a big part of of that movie um, to me. And the director, uh, Tim Hunter, he went on to direct some uh, Twin Peaks episodes and Breaking Bad and a few other shows. You could kind of tell... He only the, did three Twin Peaks episodes. Yeah, but still, like, kind of the directing. The the shot that reminded me of Twin Peaks the most is when uh, Matt is uh, in the police station yeah, and his mom comes to get him and the camera pans up to the... The little reflector mirror things that you see around the corner. Yeah, and it, it, it was just showing what was going on through the mirror. And I thought that was very Twin Peaks-esque. And the, yeah, the directing in this was really good. I'm surprised. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff through the years, but I'm surprised he hasn't done anything bigger. And it's funny how, you know, you know Keanu and them were—they were all like kind of small actors at the time. But the, like, you could tell in this that they were good actors and actresses. Yeah. yeah. Like Ione Sky might not have shut her mouth. I mean, actually. Like, always had it open. But she's a good actress. And I, I, I saw Say Anything uh, years ago, and I liked that movie. And she's in that. And Girls in Prison. I didn't see that. No, we have it for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, then Keanu Reeves went on to do uh, John Wick in The Matrix. I don't really... I didn't really care for John Wick. Uh... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's all right. I mean, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, obviously, the first time I saw Keanu Reeves. And um, I remember when I was a teenager, I thought he was cool. And the second one, whenever they, it, it was evil, Bill and Ted. Well, that was cool. You thought he was hot. No, I never thought. He had like a... You thought Bill was hot. Definitely not. <laughs> but like, he had a weird... Bo- he, he's, he's got like a pointy face and like a Ramones cut. <sighs> he still has that same haircut after all yes, these years. Yes, I was about to say, but, like, I'm not sure. I'm not trying to knock him. I just thought he's cool. There's yeah. a difference. But, like. And he likes motorcycles. Yeah, it seems like. What the hell is that? Light bulb fell on my foot. Oh, he seems like a cool guy. Cool actor. He, uh, he likes to eat sandwiches next to birds. <laughs> <laughs> That's just grounds for friendship right there. Hey, bud, I heard you like eating sandwiches next to birds. He likes to wait in line at his own benefit thing in the rain. And then he gets finally gets to the front of the line and the security guard's like, why didn't you just come in? And he's like, he's like I don't know. <laughs> he was eating sandwiches with birds. How did nobody else in line see him? I guess he had a hood on or something. I don't know. So why wouldn't you? If it's for you, why wouldn't you just go in? That's a great Keanu Reeves costume, bro. <laughs> it's like if we were we had a show and we like loaded in our stuff and then we went out front to stand in line <laughs> to go in with the. With They'd the still attendees. make us pay. They wouldn't know who the fuck we were. <laughs> Are you the merch girl? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think. See, he cut his hair off. He had short hair in Point Break, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He had short hair in Speed. He had short hair in the Matrix movies. I like how in Point Break, by the way, that um, Gary Busey was his partner. Yeah. That was the best. He's like the seasoned cop. That, we'll, we'll talk about Point Break 
at a later point, maybe. We'll talk about the remake. The Fast and the Furious, not the actual Point Break remake. I've never seen that. I don't want to. <laughs> Old Point Break. <laughs> That's an awesome movie, though. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, I we told James we hadn't, our friend James Ray, we hadn't seen it before. He's like, you haven't seen that? Get me to Utah. <laughs> I, I had seen it on TV when I was young, but I don't, I didn't remember it at all. I feel like this is going towards that. You know what? Would you like to wrap it up here? Yeah. Uh, next week, we're going to be having our uh, Shrek Shrek retrospective. We're going to talk about Shrek. It's Shrektober. We're going to talk about Shrek 1, Shrek 2, Shrek the 3rd, Shrek Forever After, whatever it was called, uh, Scared Shrekless and Shrek the Halls. We're going to talk about Puss in Boots and Puss in Boots 2 and the entire Puss in Boots. It is fade out here. This isn't going to happen. The entire Puss in Boots animated <laughs> series. And we're going to talk about the soundtrack. We're going to talk about Smash Mouth. <laughs> we're going to talk about... Gingy's rap. Jesus, what? Gingy's rap hits of 2004. Who? Gingy, Gingerbread Man. How much did you look into that's, this? That's not real. <laughs> Hell, I don't know. You got a whole Shrek, Shrek-saverse. We're going to well, talk you know what? about Sharon Osbourne's uh, ball chin. Well, I don't want to talk about Sharon Osbourne. You know what? We're going to talk about something else, and we're not sure yet. We're going to talk about how this Enforcer shirt is supposed to be a medium, but it's like not at all. I got that for you like eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I have to use the bathroom, and I've got a game to beat. Uh, yep. Now we gotta go to bed, actually. It's like 12.30 a.m. Great. All right, well, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week talking about something that's not Shrek. (laughs) Shrek, that's hard to say, Shrek retrospective. Either that. Or Shrek will come to our house and beat Shrek. us up and take over our podcast. We're going to talk about Shrek's a phone. <laughs> oh my god, now it's going to be stuck in my head. <laughs> All right. Uh, the uh, tornado relief stuff will be down in the description. And if it's not, you know, check our Facebook page or our Instagram. Yes. Uh, I was going to say Shrekulator, and then you went and said that, and now it would just sound... <laughs> Shrekulator. <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening. This has been Shorkum Dord. Shrekum Dead. <laughs> Shrekum Dead. <laughs> all right. See you later. Go watch River's Edge. Yeah. Go watch Shrek. I guess. Go watch the Buttercream Gang. <laughs> <laughs>